All righty, good evening, gentlemen. We're here on the, uh, on the Monday night class. I'd like to discuss with you tonight a powerful topic. Kriyat Yamsuf. It was used as a metaphor and compared to marriage. Kashek Zivugan Kriyat Yamsuf. That's the Gemara Sota on the Bet Amudalef. What is the connection between Kriyat Yamsuf and marriage? Well, one thing I can tell you from the get-go. How deep we're going to go into this concept tonight, you're going to hear that there was an enormous amount of mercy and Rachmanut that God showed to the Jewish people by Kriyat Yamsuf. And you need no less the mercy to be able to bring a good marriage together. And after everything's said and done, and all the pshatim you're going to hear, that's really going to be the bottom line. So let's discuss tonight a little bit of the depth and the secrets behind Kriyat Yamsuf. And we're going to find out that there was a great secret that was revealed by Yitziat Mitzrayim and Kriyat Yamsuf, which is known as the 72 names of mercy of God. <coughs> they call this the Shem Ayin Bet. Ayin Bet is 72. The 72 names of Hashem, of mercy, was revealed to us upon leaving Egypt, and especially those were the names that Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem, split the Yamsuf when taking the Jews through Kriyat Yamsuf. I'd like to talk to you about the 72 names of Hashem. It's also known as the 216 letter name of God, because these 72 names, each name is comprised of three letters. So if you have 72 names and each name is, name is three letters, three times 72 is 216. That's the 216 name letter of Hashem. Where does this come from? There is an amazing Rashi in Masechet Sukkah. Now it's funny, this sounds so much like Kabbalah that the last person you would think that would give you the formula for the 216 letter name of God or the 72 names of mercy would be Rashi. Rashi we look at as the Miforash of Pashupshat. But yet, Rashi is the one in Masechet Sukkah who tells us where the Shem Ein Bet came from. It actually came from the parasha of Kriyat Yamsuf in Parashat B'Shalach. There are three Pesukim. The Pesukim are found in Perek Yudalid, Pasuk Yutet, Chaf, and Chaf Aleph. The first Pasuk starts with the word Vayisa. The second pasuk starts with the word vayavo. The third pasuk starts with the word vayet. I got three pasukim here, consecutive pasukim, one after the next. And each of these three pasukim have something in common with one and the other. They all have 72 letters in each one of these pasukim. The 72 names of mercy of God come from these three pasukim where I take a letter from the first pasuk, a letter from the second pasuk, and a letter from the third pasuk, and that's how I get the name of these 72 names of God. What's the formula? So Rachi teaches us the secret formula, and this is brought in Zohar HaKadosh as well. The name of the formula is Yashar Hafuch Yashar. Straight, backwards, straight. Or in simple English, first, last, first. I'll explain to you what this is. 
But in order to appreciate this, I got to bring us back to Hoshana Rabbah. On Hoshana Rabbah night, the Hatima de Hatima, the night of the final stamp of the judgment for the entire year, the final signature, the final stamp of the judgment of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, the great night of Hoshana Rabbah, we stay up all night and we ask for mercy and we ask for rain and we ask for everything that we need for the coming year. What do we scream at the end of that night? Anivahu Hoshiana. Right? That's the big highlight of the night, Hoshana Rabbah. Anivaho Hoshiana. Such a funny thing. Did we ever ask? Anivaho? What's Anivaho? I understand all year. Ana Hashem Hoshiana. Ana Hashem Hatzlichana. What is this Anivaho? Where did this Ani come from? And where did this Vaho come from? Little did we know that these two words, Anivaho, are the names of God. They're part of the 72 names of mercy. They come from these three pesukim that I was just about to describe to you. I'm going to show you where they are. Because Rashi told us that these three pesukim, when combined, a letter from each, come together to make the 72 names of mercy. And what's the formula? The Zohar Rashi told us, Yashar hafoch Yashar. First, last, first. Okay, so I look at the first pasuk, and I see the first letter is a vav. And then I look at the last letter of the next pasuk, which the last word of that pasuk is halayla. So the last letter is hey. And then I look at the first letter of the third pasuk, vayet, is vav. Vav, he, vav. What does that spell? Vaho. And then I take a look at the 36th letter of the first pasuk, and then the 36th to the last letter of the second pasuk, and then the 36th letter in the third pasuk, and it spells Ani. Ani Vaho. These two names are part of the 72 names of mercy of God that come from these three pasukim when combined properly to come out with these 72 names, each name combined of three letters. Why do we pick on only these two names? Out of 72, why do we pick these two? And the answer is, says the Vilna Gaon, that the 72, name, 72 names of God in mercy actually are really two sets of 35, and each set has a head to it. The head of the first set, the name is Ani, meaning when you have 72, right? What do you have? 36 and 36. It's really a set of 35 with a head. A set of 35 with a head. The head of the first set of 35, Ani. The, set, the head of the second set of 35, Vaho. So when you say Ani Vaho, basically what you're really saying is the entire thing summarized in two words. It's like the title of both sets. By saying the Rosh of this set and the Rosh of that set, I'm basically, in short terms, saying both sets in completion. So by screaming the night of Hoshana Rabbah, basically you're saying all 72 names of mercy. Hoshiana, save us, help us. The night of the Hatima, the Hatima, the night of mercy, the night that we want to close and sign the judgment for the entire year.
That's the secret behind the Aniva Hoshiana. It comes from these 72 names of mercy of Hashem, which by the way, like we mentioned, because each name is comprised of three letters, it's also known as the 216 letter name of God. But what's amazing is that each one of these 72 names have incredible power to it. As an example, Moshe Rabbeinu, when he killed the Egyptian in Egypt, Remember the story that there was an Egyptian taskmaster that was beating up on two Jews? Moshe Rabbeinu jumped in to save their lives and he killed the Mitzri. And after that, miraculously, the ground opened up and took in the body of the Mitzri to cover up what Moshe did. How did Moshe Rabbeinu kill the Mitzri? So Chazal tells us he used one of these 72 names. Just one. He, knew, he used the name of Taka, which is also three letters. Tav Chav He. It was the name that he killed the Mitzri with. Every one of these names have incredible power to it. So Moshe knew the names. Moshe knew all the names. Before even... Before, well, I mean, I'm assuming that Moshe Rabbeinu was already... On that level. On a level. He was already on a level. How did he get there? That's a fantastic question. Uh-huh. I don't have an answer for you yet. But one thing we do know, Chazal tell us, blatant clear. Rashi says over there, Bamakom, that he killed the Mitzri with Shem Hamforash. Which name did he use? Rashi tells us he used one of God's names. But he doesn't tell him which name did he use. Zohar tells us he used one of these 72 names. He used the name Taka. And that's how he killed the Mitzri. Look how much power there is in each one of these names. If you know how to activate the name, there's fantastic power in each one of the 72. Could you imagine if that's the power of one name? Could you imagine activating all 72 names at once? All 216 letters in this incredible name of God? It's, it's, it's overwhelming. There was only one day a year by one person in one place that this was actually done. And that was done by the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippurim in the Kodesh HaKodashim that he would actually recite all 72 names, or in simple terms, he would actually recite all the 216 letters of the entire Shem Ab, Ayin Bet, of God, to beg God on Yom Kippur to be mechaper, the Jewish people, with such a wealth of mercy. Says Rabbi Yaakov Abu Hatzera, the Abir Yaakov, this is the reason why the Kodesh HaKodashim in the Bet HaMikdash was nicknamed Devir Betecha. We say this in Amidah. Lidvir Betecha. Devir Betecha means the choice of your house. Not the Bet HaMikdash, but the Bet HaMikdash's most choice place. And that is the Kodesh HaKodashim. Why was the Kodesh HaKodashim nicknamed the Devir? Because, says Rabbi Yaakov Abu Hatzera, Dabir Yaakov, Devir is Gematria 216. It's the only place in the world, the Kodesh Kodashim, that all 216 letters of this incredible names of mercy of God, of the Shemayim Bet, was allowed to be uttered all together at once by one person on one day on Yom Kippurim, Kohen Gadol, and the Kodesh Kodashim. That's it. And that's why that was nicknamed after that moment. It was actually given another name because that's the spot of the 216. Devir Betecha, Lidvir Betecha. Unbelievable. With this in mind, gentlemen, now we just got warmed up. Now we're going to take off. You got a seat belt in for this one. If this is the case, now you're going to be wowed. Paro knew the secret. Paro knew 
that God took the Jewish people out of Egypt and actually even split the water with this incredible power of the Shem Ayin Bet, of the 72 names of mercy, the 216 letter name of God. Do I even go back and try to attack them? Ah, very good. He uh, uh, knows what he's going to go up against. Fantastic. And that's what I'm about to say right now. He thought he can go up against it. And I'm about to show you where I get this from. Says, but wait, wait, you're going to be blown away now. Watch this. Says the Maram Shif. He says, take a look at the Pasuk in Parshat B'Shalach when Paro is about to chase the Jewish people to the sea. You know what the Pasuk says? The Pasuk writes, Vayikach shesh me'ot rechev bachur v'chol rechev mitzrayim. Paro took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt. So the rabbis ask, what are you repeating yourself? If you already told me that he took all the chariots of Egypt, we understand he took all 600. What are you telling me? He took 600 chariots and he took all the chariots of Egypt. If he took all the chariots of Egypt, he took all 600. What are you repeating why you're so redundant? Says the Maram Shif and the Arizal says this incredible insight as well. Are you ready for this? Oh no, but you gotta, you gotta prepare for this one. Vayikach shesh me'ot rechev. He took six me'ot from the letters rechev, the word rechev. The word rechev is gematria 222. But he minus six from 222. So what did he come with? 216. Wow. Let's do this again. He took six. Me'ot from the letters. Rechev. 222. And you know what he ended up with? Bachur. Bachur is Gematria 216. He tried to go against wow. God with the own 216. He exactly. He showed up with the power of Tumah. Of the equivalent power of Tumah of 216. This is going to be the battle of the Titans. This is going to be good against evil in its highest realm. This is 216 of Tum'ah going up against the Shem Ayin Bet of Kiddushah. Because he understood that Hashem took them out with the Shem Ayin Bet. He says, I'm going to come after them this time. And I'm going to go at them with the same 216. Mikwacha Tum'ah. Wild. Wild. Now I understand something that always bugged me. I want to be honest with you. It always bothers me, you know. Paro, what were you thinking? Are you, are you joking me? You see the sea split and, and you go in? They're not in the sea, the Temakot. You know, after the Temakot and he sees this and he's still, what, what were you thinking? I, I got it now. I finally, after all these years, I finally got it. I want to tell you what it was. No, 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 listen to this. I want to tell you what it was. Now we have an insight. When Paro originally made the Gezerah at the beginning of the Sheobot to drown the babies, why did he decide to drown the babies? Why not just kill the babies? Because he knew that they can't. Very good, Ezra. Because of the time of Noah. Very good. Kalakavod. You guys are on the ball tonight. Saul. Very impressive. Because he knew good and well. He knew good and well, as his Khartoumim, his advisors told him, 
that listen, Paro, if you're going to go at them, just you got to know something about their God. Their God works midah keneged midah. Their God punishes measure for measure. And therefore, if you're going to go at them, whatever you're going to go at them with, you better be prepared that it's going to come right back in your face. Midah keneged midah. So Paro said, really, if that's the case, I have a brilliant idea. Their God also keeps his word. And their God already promised that he'll never hit the world again after the Mabul with water. So he can't hit me with water. That means if I go and hit, hit him then with water, he can't hit me back. I found the loophole. I beat the system. And therefore, Paro decided to take the babies and throw them into the Nile to hit the Jewish people with water. And he laughed to himself and said, I beat their God. I beat the system because he can't hit me back. His hands are tied behind his own promise that he made after the Mabul of Noah. Unbelievable. So if this is the case, if he understood that he had it coming to him when it came to water. Why do you go into water? So why do you go into water? That was my question, Saul. You hit it on the head. It always bothered me. You know that you have an outstanding debt, especially when it comes to water. The last thing, because that God was laughing, Kivyachol. God was saying, "Look at this fool guy. Look at this fool. Yeah, I made a promise not to bring a mabul to the world. Okay, so Paro, I won't bring the water to you. I'll bring you to the water." <laughs> and he didn't get that. And here he comes now, enters the water, knows he has an open balance when it comes to water, knows that he's in the position Magialo to get whacked. Oh, probably he thought that since he's in the water, he's not going to kill the Jewish people and and me because maybe he's not going to kill the world. Maybe, but so. I now tonight I have another shot of what he might have been thinking about, and my shot is that now, according to the Sarizal, you get it very clear. Paro said. I know this God's power. His power is the power of the 216. And that's the way he took them out of Egypt. And that's the way he split the sea. So what did he do? He conjured his power of 216 of Tum'ah and says, now I don't have to be scared anymore. Now I blocked him with the same measure of power. Think about that. He took six. From the letters Rechev, which is 222 minus 6, Bachor, he ended up with 216. He says, now I don't have to be worried anymore. I can go. He was a Bachor, no? What? And on top, he was the Bechor of his family, right? No, forget about that. This Bachor over here doesn't mean Bechor, it means choice. Ah, okay, okay. Because this is with a Chet, not with a Chaf. And the word Bachor is Gematria 216. He took 6 from Rechev, and he ended up with Bachor, which equals 216. So Paro says, his power is 216. I'm going to show up now with 216 power to And now I don't have to be worried anymore. I can even go into the water and he can't do anything to me because the power that he used to split the water is the power that he uses for water, Hoshanara by night for the same power of Ayin Bet 216. I have 216 going up against it. So he can't get me on the water again. That's where his chutzpah came from to actually go in the water knowing that he had an open balance for water coming at him and against him. So what did Hashem do? Hashem did something brilliant. Hashem made a joke at a parol again. What do you do? He says, Paro, what's your big cheshbon over here? Because you know about the Shemayim Bet. You know about the 216 letter, name of God of mercy. So you showed up with 216 of the power of Tumah. Hashem says, Paro, I'm going to take one out of your fleet. Like the Pasuk says that when Hashem went to uh, uh, drown the Egyptians, he drowned them ad echad. Up until, up until one. one. Only one of them. Only one did he take out. Wow. 
So when he took out one, now they're left with 215. That so Hashem power. says, er, you lose. Power's not there. <laughs> now your power's not there anymore. And this is what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says, Markevot paro yara bayam. Yara means to drown. But wait one second, yara is gematria 215. Yeah. He only drowned 215, holding back one, ad echad. And by the way, who was that one? Paro. Paro, Paro himself. Hashem held him back. Paro himself. Because Paro said Shema Yisrael, right? So Hashem, no, no, he said, he said Shema Yisrael, Hashem, 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 As the Medrash tells us, and Hashem pulled him out, and Hashem made him walk the earth to tell everyone in the world the great miracles wow. and wonders that God did to him and his nation at the time. And therefore, Hashem says, you fool, you think you're going you, 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 you you to come up against me with your 216? Come, I'll pull one out of your mix. You now you're yara. Now you're 215. Now yara means drown. Now, now you're useless. Now you drown. Now I just trumped you. Now you're dead. And he overtook them, and that's the way he drowned them in the sea. By the way, I just want to tell you that Midrash writes that the Yamsuf, the ocean, had complaints to God. Why did you hold back that one from us? We wanted paro. He, he was the big fish. Yeah. But, he would, then, then, but you owed him to us. But the so you know what Hashem said? I would have stayed there. Oh, so very good. Good, good. That's why he did it. But you know what Hashem answers the ocean? Hashem says, don't worry, ocean. I'll make it up to you. In years to come, I'm going to give you not just what I owe you, but 30% more. In the times of Sisra, later on in Tanakh, Hashem gave the ocean Sisra himself, which was the head, the king. And he also gave him an army of 900. Paro showed up with 600. Now Hashem says, I gave you 30% more to make up to you what I held back from you in the original Kriyat Yamsuf in Egypt. Just to make a mockery out of Paro and show him, you think you showed up, you're 216 here. I'll pull one out of the mix now. You know, there goes the, the, the air out of your tires. Now you're done. Yarabayam, 215. He drowned at that time. What's amazing to me is, is that this entire saga of unbelievable mercy of the Shem Ayin Bet, the 216 letter name of God of mercy, is something that was already grandfathered some unbelievable hundreds of years earlier in the time of Abraham Avinu. We all know that Hashem made with Abraham Avinu something called the Brit Ben Abitarim, right? Mm -hmm. Hashem made the covenant, a treaty with Abraham Avinu that is going to be withstanding and is going to hold for all future generations. What was the Brit Ben Abitarim? So the way Chazal explained it to us, and you see it in the Pasuk over there, Bereshit, you see over there that the word of the Pasuk says, Hashem told him, take Vayikachet Ele. The word Ele is Gematria 36. Hashem told Abraham Avinu by this peace treaty, it's not a peace treaty, but it's a treaty, to take 36 animals, Bitari means Batar, to cut in half. Hashem told him, take 36 animals and split them in half. Make one row of 36 heads, a line of the tops, the heads of the animal, and then right next to that, another row of 36 of the other half, of the tails of the animal, the bottoms of the animal. So I had a row, 36 heads, and I had another row corresponding right next to that, 36 tails. In between these two rows, Hashem told Abraham to put a bird, and the bird don't split in half, the bird remains whole. And then Hashem told Abraham, Avinu, I want you to walk 
down in between the middle, in between these two rows of halves. What was Hashem doing here? <laughs> I never heard this. This is the What was Hashem doing here? Well, for starters, Hashem was actually foretelling the, <clears throat> the future. In English, we call this trailblazing. Hashem was making Avraham go Yom through Suf. a Kriyat Yamsuf. Mm. He made him take these 36 animals, split them in half. A row of the tops, a row of the bottom. 36 on one side, 36 on the other side. That's 72 representing the 72 names of mercy of God. What's the bird for? Ah, wait. Abraham Avinu walking down in the middle. Every step he takes will open up the ability for the Jewish people to walk through the Yamsuf and come out clear on the other side. The bird in the middle represents the Jewish people because the Vilna Gaon tells us a secret. In history, every 70 is really 72. What does that mean? We have 70 languages in the world, the Shivim Lashon. It's not true. It's really 72. You know why it's called 70? Because every 70 is really built into two groups of 35. 35 and 35. But each group has a head. So every 70 really is 72 because it's 35 and 35, but each 35 has a rosh, has a head to it. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I have 70 languages, two groups of 35, but one group, the head is Lashon HaKodesh, that they don't know, and the other group says, Vulnagaon is Lashon HaMalachim, that they don't know. And that's the 70, really 70 languages is really 72, but it's always plus two because there's always two heads to the groups of 35. I'll give you another example. There are the 70 nations in the world. Mm -hmm. It's really 72. Because there are 35 nations of Yishmael, and there are 35 nations of Esav. Today in the world that we live in, we call this East against West. That's really what it is. Mm -hmm. It's the Middle East against the West. The Middle East, Yishmael, comprises of 35 nations. Yishmael, 35 nations. Esav, on the other hand, the West is 35 nations. So really I have 70 nations altogether, but wait, you forgot their heads. 35 of Yishmael plus Yishmael. 35 of Esav plus Esav. So every 70 is really 72. Like we said, the 72 names of God. It's really two sets of 35 plus Anivaho, which is the two heads of these groups. So too, when Hashem told Abraham to make this Brit Ben Abitarim, He told him, make 35 plus 1 and 35 plus 1. These halves not only represented Kriyat Yamsuf, and that's why Hashem had Abraham walk through the middle, but He also told him to put the bird in the middle, because the bird in the middle is Klal Yisrael. And we're always going to be surrounded by these 70 nations and their heads. The 35 on this side was the 35 nations of Yishmael plus Yishmael. The 35 on the other side of us was the 35 of Esav plus Esav. And who's the bird in the middle? Klal Yisrael. We're always going to be the focal point of the nations of the world. And what's amazing is he was teaching us a secret. That as long as you keep the 35 Yishmael separate from the 35 of Esav and you don't let them mix together, Klal Yisrael, the bird in the middle, will remain whole and survive. The minute Yishmael comes together with Esav and unifies, 
What happened when Esav took the daughter of Yishmael? What was his? What was the child's name that came out of Esav and Yishmael combination? Amalek. And Amalek is there to destroy the world. And therefore, you got to keep these two apart. And therefore, we have 35 nations plus Yishmael, 35 nations plus Esav, and the bird is in the middle. As long as the bird remains in the middle and keeps them apart, Klal Yisrael can survive. The world can survive. There's no Amalek. With this in mind, it also teaches us a secret about Shabbat Kodesh. Because what is the Shabbat of the Arabs? Sunday? Friday. 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 What's the Shabbat of Yishmael? Oh, wow. Catholics, Catholics is Sunday. 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 We're in the middle. So we're, we're in the middle. middle. That's the bird of Shabbat. Is the bird in the middle. Oh, nice. As long as you keep Shabbat, Shabbat separates Friday from Sunday. Shabbat separates Yishmael from Esav. And as long as it keeps them apart, Shabbat, as long as we keep Shabbat, we weaken the 35 nations of Yishmael and the 35 nations of Esav, and we keep them at bay. And by the way, on the Kiddush of Friday night, the first blessing we say is Vayichulu. You'll count it. Vayichulu has 35 words corresponding to the 35 nations of Yishmael. And then we say Borei Priyagefen in the middle. That's the bird in the middle. That's Klal Yisrael. And then we make another blessing. Isn't it funny that we made a Borei Priyagefen and we don't drink from the cup, but yet we still make another blessing because the whole Kiddush was structured around the format of Brit Ben Abitarim. A row of 35, a row of 35, and the bird in the middle. A Biracha in the middle. That's us. We're the Biracha people. We're Klal Yisrael. We're the chosen people. We represent the Bore Priya Gefen. So first we say Vayichulu, 35 words. Can I get 35 of Yishmael? And then we say Bore Priya Gefen. That's us, the bird. And then we say Baruch Hashem Mikadesh Shabbat. That last blessing also has 35 words. Can I get the 35 nations of Esav? But wait one second. 35 and 35. Where's the heads? That's why we start Kiddush with Yom Hashishi. Yom is Keneged Esav, Hashishi is Keneged Yishmael, because Yishmael keeps the sixth day as his Shabbat. So every time you make Kiddush, you're weakening all the Goim of the world. You're keeping the 35 of Yishmael, the 35 of Esav, weak at bay. That was one representation of Brit Ben Abitarim. The other representation of Brit Ben Abitarim is not that the 35 plus 1, 35 plus 1 only represented the nations of the world as opposed to the bird in the middle, Klal Yisrael, but also we were actually setting up the seeds for the future of Kriyat Yamsuf. Where we have 35 on this side plus 1, 35 on the other side plus 1, that represents the 72 names of God's mercy. And therefore, he made Avraham walk down the middle. So as when Avraham walks through the two halves as they split these animals, it will represent the Jewish people walking through the water as the waters will split. al these 72 names. And therefore, once Avraham did it, we'll be able to be zochet to it. And this is a secret that you must know now that you guys are getting married as fathers. Everything that a father works at and does and conquers, not only did he conquer for himself, but he also conquered it for his sons. And that's why when Abraham Avinu came to Eretz Yisrael, you know what Hashem made him do? Hashem made him walk around the boundaries of the entire country of Eretz Yisrael. And Hashem said to Abraham Avinu, wherever you put your foot, your sons will be able to conquer. 
Once your father was already there, once your father was already to overcome and conquer that spot, it automatically comes to the hands of the sons as an easier acquisition. Imagine you walked the world. Could you imagine? <laughs> but we didn't want the world. We wanted a chosen land for a chosen people. So that's why Badafki made him walk the land of Israel. And now that he walked there, we can conquer there. I want to say I, I found this out in high school. I remember one night I came home. We were learning Baba Kama, and I had a test. And I told my father I wanted to learn with him for the test. And we sat and learned that night. And he turned to me and said to me, Wow, you know this Gemara really great. Last year you didn't know the Gemara as well. It's the way our fathers talk. That's a, what we call a backhanded Moroccan compliment. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. But, 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 but he said, you know the Gemara really well. Last year you didn't know the Gemara this well. I said, yeah, but I don't know why. This Masechet, for some reason, comes to me easier, easier than last year's Masechet. He says to me, I'll tell you why. He says, because when I came from Morocco at the age of 14, the first Masechet that they taught me in the Mir Yeshiva was this Masechet Baba Kama. And I broke my head on this Masechet day and night and day and night. This Masechet taught me how to learn Gemara. Wow. And he says, once the father conquered and broke his head on this area, it comes already easy for the son. It, it broke it in for you. Yo, I love that term, Chaim. Very good. It broke it in for you. And now the son has it literally by, by, by much less effort. Much less effort. This was the point. This is called trailblazing. The fathers plant the seeds so that the sons, the future generations, will already be set up for and come through. And we have this all the time with the Avot HaKadoshim. Everything that the Avot did was all to set up for future generations that it should be easier for their children and grandchildren. Avraham Aminu put Sarah Imenu in the house of Paro, knowing the dangers... Only so that he'll trailblaze that she, with her strength, will not be tempted by the immorality of Paro, so that years later the women of the Jewish people in Egypt will never be tempted by the immorality of the men of the Egyptians. So Sarah was trailblazing for the strength of the future women in Egypt at the time of Shebu Mitzrayim. The same thing with Yosef. Yosef was thrown into the house of uh, Potiphar. He was tempted by the wife day in, day out. And he withstand with incredible strength. And he gave us the strength for the men in Cloud Israel years later in Egypt, not to fall to temptations of the immorality of the women. Everything they did was for really later on generations for us. Same thing with Kriyat Yamsuf. Same thing over here. Abraham Avinu had to split these animals, split them in half into two rows, walk down the middle so that one day the Jewish people will be able to do a Kriyat Yamsuf. And the secret is in the name. Brit bena bitarim. Bitarim means halves. But if you take the word, says Migal Amakot, bitarim means batar yam, split the sea. So really, in the name itself, there was the secret of what this was setting up for future generations. Not just splitting animals in half, but batariam, splitting the sea. When you split these animals and walk down the middle, your children one day will be able to have the sea split for them. Unbelievable. With this in mind, Hever, listen up. Listen up where this night Seder is going to. Listen to this. That's why you got to come every Monday night. <laughs> listen up. This is what we got. This is what we got. It says like this. It says like this. I have a tremendous question for you. We'll close the class on this point. I have a tremendous question for you. You remember? We said that Paro came 
with the power of 216 because he was going up against the Shemayim Bet. And he wanted to go up against the power of 216 of good, so he showed up at the 216 of evil, right? Mm-hmm. How did he do that? So we brought the Pasuk, Vayikach Shesh, he took six, Me'ot Rechev, from the letters Rechev, which is 222, and what did he end up with? Bachur, 216. But I want to ask you a question. If all he had to do was show up with the power of 216, why did he have to come with 222 minus 6? To come back with 216. Buddy, if all you need to show up with is 216, so come just with Bachur, which is 216. Why do you have to come with Rechev, which is 222, and take away six to only go? Elamai, you see that he felt that originally he really needed 222. And then something took place that made him change his mind and realize that he only really at the end needed 216. That's what is the deal? I have, a, I have a beauty for you. This something special. I want to share with you from Rabbi Gladstein, from the, from the, uh, from the Sefer Lehorot Natan. The Sefer Lehorot Natan brings over here a Gemara Masechi Kuf that you guys heard from me in the past in many speeches. This is a famous Gemara that talks about the Su'udat Leviathan. This is going to be the Su'udat Mashiach. When Mashiach comes, you're going to have around the table all the who's who of history. Anyone you can imagine is around that table. Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Moshe, Yosha, everyone you can imagine is around all the tzaddikim around this table. They have this incredible feast. Come in Mashiach. And then it comes the moment of truth. Then it comes the moment of, oh, very good, Yossi. Zimun. Now, who's going to lead the Zimun? So they give it to Abraham Avino, of course, the Saba. They give it to Abraham Avino. Abraham Avino says, I can't do it. Sell it. Why not? Sell it. I sell it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sell it. <laughs> yeah, I see. Now I see what true you pray. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. So they give it to Abraham Avino. We're going to have to edit this recording. They give it to Abraham Avino. And Abraham Avino says, I can't do it. I had your smile. So they give it to Yitzchak. Yitzchak says, I can't do so it. They, they give it to Yaakov. Yaakov says, I can't do it. I married two sisters. <laughs> they give it to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I can't do it. I didn't marry to get into Eretz Yisrael. <laughs> <laughs> they gave it to Yoshua. Yoshua says, I can't do it because I only had girls. I didn't have, I didn't have any boys. Uh, it's going around the table and every time it comes to Everyone has a reason why they can't do it. No. All of a sudden, it comes up to David Amelech. No. They tell David, Tul Ubarich, take it and go make Bikat Amazon. David grabs the cup and he says, Yafali Levarech, yes, I should make, I should be the one to lead. Cause you show up this, huh? Hashem Ekra. What's going on over here? How do you David? David didn't have any challenges yeah, in life? We all know. Well, everybody else only had challenges. David didn't have any challenges to, to have a minute to think if. if uh, Unbelievable. So they have many, many, many beautiful explanations of why David Amelech was the one that jumped and felt Raoui and Be'emet was coming to David to do it. But that's not what I want to highlight with you tonight. What I want to highlight from this Gemara for you tonight is the other side. Listen to this. When he picked up the cup, how much was in that cup? What was the shi'ur of the cup of David Amelech? How many, how many revit you got in that cup? How many lug you got in that cup? So David Amelech tells you how much. Mizmole David, Hashem ro'ilo echsar. Says David, kosi revaya. 
Achto vachesed yedufuni, kosi revaya. Kosi, my cup. Is a fourth. Revaya. Revaya is resh vav yudhe, which is gematria 221. Mm. There was 221 shiur in that cup. The cost of Mashiach, the cost of David, is an amount of 221. And that's why, listen to this. Paro, he said to himself, wait one second. I don't understand what's going on here, says Paro. Paro says, you people, you want to leave Egypt? I know why Hashem wants to take you out of Mitzrayim. He wants to bring you Mashiach. He wants to take you to Israel. And he wants to build you to Bet HaMikdash. Says Paro, but wait one second. Everybody knows geography. Everybody knows the topography of the land of Egypt. On the south side of Egypt, it practically borders Israel. So if you want to go from Egypt to Israel, where do you go? You go out south, and boom, you go straight into Israel. Says Paro, what's going on here? These people, their, their ways is busted. <laughs> they took the most circular, out-of-the-way possible route to Israel you can imagine. Instead of going south to the borders of Israel, you know where they went to? They ended up going towards the Yamsuf, towards the desert. Says Paro, at first Paro said, These people are lost. They're going towards the Midbar when they're supposed to be going towards Israel. They have no idea what happened to their navigation system. Where are they going? So at first Paro said, Aren't they going for Mashiach? Aren't they going to Israel? Aren't they going to build the Bet HaMikdash? Amen. And because of that, Paro thought, at first, God, when he took the Jews out of Egypt, he was taking them to bring them to Mashiach, to bring them to the Bet HaMikdash in Jerusalem. And that's why he knew that the number of Mashiach, of David, Kosi Revaya, is 221. So therefore, when he first came out to chase the Jewish people, he came out with Rechev, the power of 222, in order to trump Mashiach. But then he realized, wait well, a second, they're not going to Israel. They're going in a completely wrong direction. They're going towards the Midbar. They're going towards the Amsuf. Oh, God's not taking them out of Egypt to bring him to Mashiach. He's taking them out to bring him to the Midbar to give him the Torah. If that's the case, then the only force I got to worry about is the force that brought him out, which was the force of 216. So what did Paro do? Vayikach Shesh. He took six. Me'ot Recher from the original 222 that he brought with him to trump the power of 221 of Mashiach. Because now that he doesn't need any more, he took six away. And now he came back with Bachor 216 to go up against the 216, the Shem Ayin Bet, just to block them from getting away to take his slaves back. Wow. This nigga was smart. Unbelievable. It goes to show you what we're dealing with. And therefore, Hevra, I want to tell you something. If you see what went on to Kriyat Yamsuf, and the mercy, and the power, and the brilliance, and the Shem Ayin Bet, and not only that, but it was already grandfathered way back when, from the time of Abraham Avinu, that there were already grandfathers that walked the path to open up the path for their grandchildren. If this is what it took for a Kriyat Yamsuf, all that mercy and all that trailblazing from previous generations, that's what goes into every single marriage. Kashin zivugan ki Kriyat Yamsuf. Hashem brings the same mercy and the same brilliance and the same foretelling and seeds set up from generations earlier just for this guy and this girl to meet, 
just for this shidduch to go down, just to build another bayit ne'aman Israel. We should be zocheh to the Kriyat Yamsuf of all our challenges. And all the mercy should come down from us. And Hashem should give us an amazing Shem Ayim Bet with all the Rachmanut that we should conquer our challenges and build beautiful homes and raise beautiful children with Hashem's incredible mercy. And we should be Zocheh Bezat Hashem to a year that we could say we experienced a Kriyat Yamsuf Prati. Thank you for listening.